0: Section Sixty Seven of The Cloister and the Hearth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Cloister and the Hearth by Charles Reed. Chapter Sixty Two Gerard Returned to Consciousness and to Despair. On the second day, he was raving with fever on the brain. On a table hard by lay his rich auburn hair, long as a woman's. The deadlier symptoms succeeded one another rapidly. On the fifth day, his leech retired and gave him up. On the sunset of that same day, he fell into a deep sleep. Some said he would wake only to die. But an old gossip, whose opinion carried weight, she had been a professional nurse declared that his youth might save him yet could he sleep twelve hours on this his old landlady cleared the room and watched him alone she vowed a wax candle to the virgin for every hour he should sleep he slept twelve hours the good soul rejoiced and thanked the virgin on her knees he slept twenty-four hours his kind nurse began to doubt at the thirtieth hour she sent for the woman of art thirty hours shall we wake him the other inspected him closely for some time his breath is even his hand moist i know there be learned leeches would wake him to look at his tongue and be none the wiser but we that be women shall have the sense to let bond nature alone When did sleep ever harm the racked brain or the torn heart? When he had been forty-eight hours asleep, it got wind, and they had much ado to keep the curious out. But they admitted only Fra Colonna and his friend, the gigantic Fra Jerome. These two relieved the women and sat silent, the former eyeing his young friend with tears in his eyes. The latter, with beads in his hand, looked as calmly on him. As he had been on the sea with Gerard, and he encountered it hand to hand. At last, I think it was about the sixtieth hour of this strange sleep, the landlady touched Fra Colonna with her elbow. He looked. Gerard had opened his eyes as gently as if he had been but dozing. He stared. He drew himself up a little in bed. He put his hand to his head and found his hair was gone he noticed his friend colonna and smiled with pleasure but in the middle of smiling his face stopped and was convulsed in a moment with anguish unspeakable and he uttered a loud cry and turned his face to the wall his good landlady wept at this she had known what it is to awake bereaved Fra Jerome recited canticles and prayers from his breviary. Gerard rolled himself in the bedclothes. Fra Colonna went to him and, whimpering, reminded him that all was not lost. The divine muses were immortal. He must transfer his affection to them. They would never betray him, nor fail him, like creatures of clay. The good, simple father then hurried away, for he was overcome by his emotion fra jerome remained behind young man said he the muses exist but in the brains of pagans and visionaries the church alone gives repose to the heart on earth and happiness to the soul hereafter hath earth deceived thee hath passion broken thy heart after tearing it the church opens her arms consecrate thy gifts to her the church is peace of mind he spoke these words solemnly at the door and was gone as soon as they were uttered the church cried gerard rising furiously and shaking his fist after the friar malediction on the church but for the church i should not lie broken here and she lie cold 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 in holland oh my margaret oh my darling my darling and i must run from thee the few months thou hast to live cruel cruel the monsters they let her die death comes not without some signs these the blind selfish wretches saw not or wrecked not but i have seen them i that love her oh had i been there i had saved her i had saved her idiot idiot to leave her for a moment he wept bitterly a long time then suddenly bursting into rage again he cried vehemently the church for whose sake i was driven from her my malice be on the church and the hypocrites that name it to my broken heart accursed be the world giesbrecht lives margaret dies thieves murderers harlots live forever only angels die curse life curse death and whosoever made them what they are the friar did not hear these mad and wicked words but only the yell of rage with which they were flung after him it was as well for if he'd heard them he would have had his late shipmate burned in the forum with as little hesitation as he would have roasted a kid. His old landlady, who had accompanied Fra Colonna down the stair, heard the raised voice, and returned in some anxiety. She found Gerard putting on his clothes and crying. She remonstrated. "'What avails my lying here?' said he gloomily. "'Can I find here that which I seek?' "'Saints preserve us! Is he distraught again?' what seek ye oblivion oblivion my little heart oh but ye are young to talk so young or old what else have i to live for he put on his best clothes the great dame remonstrated my poor gerard know that it is tuesday not sunday oh tuesday is it i thought it had been saturday nay thou hast slept long thou never wearest thy brave clothes on working days consider what i did when she lived i did now i shall do whatever erst i did not the past is the past there lies my hair and with it my way of life i have served one master as well as i could you see my reward now i serve another And give him a fair trial, too. Alas! sighed the woman, turning pale. What mean these dark words? And what new master is this whose service thou wouldst try? Satan! And with this horrible declaration on his lips, the miserable creature walked out with his cap and feather set jauntily on one side, and feeble limbs, and a sinister face, pale as ashes. And all drawn down as if by age. End of section sixty seven. Recording by John Brandon.